0: Yes team, how is it going? I hope that you're good. So uh, today we have on our second guest uh, with a very good friend of mine, uh, Tom. And yeah, we're going to really chat about Tom's journey, how he shifted focuses. And we're going to unpack like how Tom, your world natural bodybuilding or junior? Was world. Was world, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah,
1: I'm older now, but yeah, when yeah. I was a junior. Uh, yeah. 21.
0: 21, okay. Yeah for when you uh, listen to this you need to go and check tom out he is absolutely jacked years later so he is you need to see his physique you need to see what he's been up to um but yeah we're gonna unpack a lot of that so tom firstly master thank you for coming on mate you're welcome brother um tell the guys yeah like i suppose give the guys a a small little like snapshot of your journey like Good. your training journey what you've been up to what you're doing now yeah
1: Cool. Okay. So I started training. I was that guy when you're 13, 12 in your bedroom doing you know, the sand weights, <laughs> the York sand weights. I was that guy doing push ups and sit-ups and everything. So I was just like okay. fitness crazy. And uh, back then I was doing like cross country, boxing, uh, football, all the stuff you do when you're a kid. Uh, and then I just wanted to get jacked pretty much. I okay. was like sick of being the skinny kid. That so was really, really insecure as well. Um, so mm. that's when I started lifting. And then it was when I was 17, I broke my leg playing football. Yeah, I didn't know this until you told me the other day. Yeah, so now I've got eight plates and okay. a, no, eight screws and a plate to show for it now. So uh, yeah, I my
0: leg. Does it come up and you go for like the airport? Nah, no. <laughs> titanium doesn't go up. No, guy. So, okay.
1: so, that, so that happened, and uh, at the time I was doing A-level, mm. so you needed a sport yeah. to like be uh, assessed. So I picked up powerlifting, mm. which I loved, and I talked to it like really, really quickly, because obviously I was doing weights when I was a bit younger. Mm. So got into that, competed at a high level, uh, I think I did maybe one or two records uh, when in a natural federation, which was good. And then I slowly kind of made my way into bodybuilding. Basically, I'd got fat. I bulked a bit too much. Okay. I was like, all right, I need to do a cut here. I need to uh, I need to trim down. And that just led into my first prep.
0: Okay. So, and when you competed in powerlifting, what were your totals? Yeah. Right. Um,
1: my totals but then. So I was would have been 18 at the time. I think my highest in competition was a 250 deadlift. Okay. 250? One, 250. And what weight yeah. were you? Uh, I think ninety under ninety-one category. I think. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, squat. I think at the time was one seven five or one eighty. So a little I, bit less.
0: I would not want eighteen-year-old ninety kilo, and you're like yeah. six foot.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: You would have been massive. I was, ch-
1: I was chubby. Yeah, uh, I was okay. Joking. It's all about weight in that sport. Okay. And then bench, I can't remember. Bench is probably like 115 or something like that. So okay. obviously there are a lot more now, but yeah, 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 I was 18. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 yeah 10 <laughs> so, years ago. 10 years ago, yeah. <laughs> um, so, so that led into my first prep, okay. really. And uh, I had a coach at the time as I was like my first coach. Yeah. Started learning about like tracking macros or what. And it was just like a whole other world. Like I could eat, you know, yeah. sweets and still get in shape. And I was doing all this crazy stuff. Yeah. And uh, did my first show. And I'd never really wasn't really into bodybuilding that much. I kind of just Mm -hmm. fallen into it. So Mm -hmm. I did the first one. I won that first show. And then when you're just, you know, you're getting like uh, applaudits from people, it kind of just led me to do the next one Mm -hmm. and the next one and the next one. So that season, I won a world title, uh, Natural Bodybuilding. That was with the UIBBN. I don't know how many people watching this are going to know federations and stuff. (laughs) Um, But uh, I did two or three federations, did the worlds, won that. And uh, so that was the first season. That was Mm. the first one. Mm, that's class and where was that that was in italy the okay. the world's in italy yeah. and
0: tell us about that like yeah. like talk us about that whole experience yeah. talk us about how you yeah. look talk us, yeah just like paint the picture
1: yeah. i think looking back i probably don't give it enough credit now because yeah. you know it's like it's like 10 years later but back then i said all the time i think because you're in the moment yeah. right you're traveling you're around guys that have been in the industry for like 10 20 30 years you yeah. know and if you thought i was jack back then you know you should have seen these dudes right Mm. so I I don't know I was just kind of submerged that you don't give yourself credit because you're always chasing the next thing you want to be better you want to get in your off season you want to start growing so it's not you can't really appreciate it Mm. when you're in that moment Mm. and at the same time I was in university I was doing a degree I was working I was setting up a coaching business as well Mm. it's all of it I was kind of just didn't have time to stop and think yeah in that moment
0: I remember remember when we were away and we were at the pool. pool and I was just like don't you are in savage shape and you're like oh, nothing you're like (laughs) and then i remember you talking about it and it's just like like it's a world champion like that's insane level of uh achievement but like you said it's probably just not just so it's just a second thought for you
1: yeah especially now yeah because that first season led into my second season and that Mm. was a season where i kind of just thought this is not really me Mm. so to paint the picture of that i spent a year in an off season gaining mm. weight, training. And bear in mind, when I went from powerlifting into bodybuilding, I'd done no real hypertrophy training. Mm. I was doing squats, bench, deadlifts. So when people say now, you know, certain movements, like you see people do in the gym, mm. but my whole physique was just built off those three things. Do you think a great physique needs to be built by those? I don't think it needs to, but I think it definitely helps. Mm. I think a lot of people just want to get away from doing the hard work now. you know, yeah. Getting in and out of the gym. Like... For me, I've got some injuries now that mean I can't back squat, I can't deadlift. But if I could, if I was running, like training for size, whatever, I would do
0: those movements. When you were coaching guys, because you're now a mentor, yeah. But when you were coaching guys, similar to myself, did you was that like a principle of yours? We get you strong in the all three. I think it just. I suppose it just depends on the person, right? But okay. definitely, when I
1: first started coaching, you tend to. Like, whatever you think, you have a bias, right? So the way yeah. that you coach. So that definitely fed its way into it. Uh, I always just get compliments on my legs all the time. Like, you know, what crazy movements you do. I was drinking a gallon of milk and doing squats. <laughs> it's, sim- <laughs> like, it's not complicated. Like, sometimes people can overcom- overcomplicate training so much now. Mm. And if it wasn't a gallon of milk, it was a liter of chocolate milk, you know, yeah, like post-workout. Yeah. It yeah. was so old school. Yeah. And uh, I remember at university, there was, like, a, halls, there was windows, right? And you could see, like, all the other halls, and they could see in. And I used to be called Milk Boy, because my, <laughs> right? my shelf was just full of... And I was working in Iceland at the time, I was stacking okay. freezes. And he have these uh, carton of milk for like a pound. Like in mm. Inflation is probably about two quid a pop now. I could never, never would have afforded it back then. And uh, all my money just used to go on milk, okay. I promise. Yeah. And I just have all these empty containers lined up. And that was just my, like, those were my calories.
0: And when you were coaching guys, what is a Tom Mack training yeah. principle? like something that if you go to Tom Mack like I know you don't coach now but yeah. if you go to Tom Mack that's something that he delivers or he feels strongly about or he values he thinks builds a great physique that maybe other people wouldn't like what do yeah. you think like one for me all my clients we all do split squats like yeah. every single yeah. client yeah. does yeah. a split squat some variation you've done split squats yeah. with me but what is a a Tom Mack sort of like that's I think in a in a guy's program they need this or in a guy when they're um eating or training our mindset what's one one thing from
1: just make yourself uncomfortable okay like not even just from the physique standpoint but like if you if you don't want to do a split squat like you, you know it's a split squat it's difficult for mm. example but you're mm. going to come across harder obstacles than split squats in your life right <laughs> so it's like to some element you have to just put yourself in uncomfortable situations like when i've got into the running in the crossfit mm. recently and the high rocks, it's just uncomfortable. I didn't enjoy a single run that I did. And I didn't enjoy a single high rock session that I did. But it's that mm. being uncomfortable puts you in such better positions for when you, you know, experience hard times or when you come across something in business. I just think just working hard. In terms of the actual reps, sets, volume, all that kind of stuff. If no. i have never been like a one-size-fits-all one uh, one kind of guy, um, if I had to create the perfect program, I would always say have your basics in there, squats, dips, chin-ups. Even things Mm. like, you know, deadlifts, cleans, Mm. stuff that's a little bit old school now. You don't see that that Mm. many coaches coach, with machines and cables. But if you're healthy and you've got a little bit of time, spend more time doing the compounds, just get ridiculously strong at those movements. If you get your deadlift up to 200 Mm. kilos, for example, you're not going to have small hamstrings, small glutes, small back. You're just not, you know, so
0: so how do you get yourself into the situation where you're like right i'm gonna get uncomfortable like how do you motivate yourself what what drives you what do you think about what do you what do you hacks do you do to get yourself into that zone where you're just going for it i think now it's it's
1: again a little bit different because it's just nature right mm. so what was maybe uncomfortable what's uncomfortable to me is not gonna be uncomfortable to somebody else right it's going to yeah. be totally different so you just know when you've trained as long as I have now and mm. you just go through the movement, you won't even realize you're training hard. You won't mm. even realize you, you've got good form, which is a, another mm. point when you said about how would you tell someone to train? Mm. Working really hard and, and good form, mm. like, always. But when you do it now, it's just second nature. So I can't really explain how I'd get myself into that mood It's just pick up a weight and just go because you've done it for, for mm. 10 years. You're just on repeat. Where's, right?
0: where's a, If it's not training, where's somewhere in your life right now that you're applying that mindset?
1: Uh, business. Okay. Business. Just try and get as uncomfortable all the time. Every time you do something uncomfortable, good things happen. You're uncomfortable in your diet, uncomfortable in your training, uncomfortable yeah. like in, in business. Every time you get uncomfortable, good things tend to come your way. So I think that's a good principle to apply to your
0: training. Okay. you getting in shape. Do you think if you didn't have that um, training background that you couldn't be the businessman that you are today? Yeah, I think if I hadn't got into
1: bodybuilding, I probably wouldn't be where I am today anyway because it got a foot the door in the industry. But I would just say the habits, like I I do speak to a lot of my clients, for example, that are super high achievers. They generally, not all of them, but a lot of them do come from a background of competitive sport. Mm -hmm. Uh, Bodybuilding as well is obviously a really good place Mm -hmm. for that. Um, We do see a lot of high level people do it because then you put yourself through pain. You know, When you're prepping and you're eating Mm. 1,500 calories a day and you're starving, like you've been so uncomfortable. It's not uncomfortable to you know to change something in your business or because you're used to it you were the
0: busy man's coach before now running scale running your program how did you get guys that maybe didn't have the training background but had the career background where they were resilient how did you get them to transfer that over the body and training
1: so this is where it's changed a lot in my life now as well so i don't train now for well now i'm trying to train to fit in my wedding suit so i'm trying to to put on a bit of size right now but um (laughs) If you, get, if you get your to your wedding. <laughs> yeah, if I get them stuck in Dubai. Um, but yeah. see, but I train now partly for business and just to feel good anyway. So that okay. was a massive shift in the way that I trained. I used mm. to be, and obviously the way I used to coach. So when I said at the start, I used to get people to just work hard, good form, good contracts. So I all think those things should, should apply. We're mm-hmm. very much shifted to what's going to suit this individual's life in terms of time, flexibility, because mm-hmm. that was the change and the shift I was going through in my life. So where I'd usually spend two hours in the gym when I was competing mm. and I do an hour of cardio a day where I started getting busy with business and obviously I stopped competing. It quickly shifted to 40, 45 minute sessions tops, you know, mm. pretty get as, get as pretty low volume, get as much in as we can. Mm. And then obviously your food habits change, your activity habits change. So when I was 21 and I've got not all the time in the world, but I've got the dedication and drive to do two hours of cardio a day. Yeah, That's, that's not happening when I've got a business and I'm certainly not going to tell business owners to do the same thing. Yeah. So, how to coach those people? Just what's going to fit around your lifestyle. I always think something is better than nothing. So, if anybody's now watching this, and you'll get this. I had this mm-hmm. when I was a coach. I even have it with coaches now that I mentor. That sometimes there's a black and white mentality where if you're not doing a hundred percent or using a program to its full capacity, you mm-hmm. almost think like that is useless. It's not. Something is always better than nothing. If you're mm-hmm. now doing twenty percent more than what you were doing before then it's worth the investment in your coach, the investment in time and energy that you're, you're putting into the gym. Mm. So that was a big principle that I had now, right? Just something now is better than nothing. If we can get you to an optimal level, amazing. Mm. If we can't, you're now 20% better off than where you were before, and that's now going to add up. So I think for a career-driven person or a business person, you have to appreciate that the journey might be a little bit slower. You are going to have mm. more emotions. You're going to have more stress. But just doing something's nothing than, you know, what you'd be doing
0: if you weren't. And how have you... So when you were, like, training to um, compete in things, how have you had to shift your own lifestyle and mindset to now being... Because you're now training more athletic, more for performance, more for professional performance too. What have you had to do differently?
1: So since I stepped away from bodybuilding, there's loads of things that I've done. I've tried my hand at, again, just to kind of find that, you know, bit of uncomfortableness. I mean, I'll start off with the... I suppose I'll start off with the training, and then I'll, I'll go into a little bit of the mm. diet. Um, but when I stopped, I was kind of, didn't really have a focus for a long time. I tried a few mm. things. I lost a lot of focus. Again, I was, I was busy building and doing the business and things like that. Um, things did go a little bit stale. So I think one thing that really helped me make that transition away was, again, just setting goals. There's mm. a lot of people who you'll coach that will finish things like diet phases or a big event in their life, or they, got, they get shredded for a holiday. And you can you have a come down off that right because the goal has mm. kind of been stripped away from you. And I never had that goal soon enough after the first goal. Mm. So that was something that, in hindsight, I would have done, and which mm. has really been good recently. Trying my hand at different things, having new goals, new targets.
0: Explain that stillness test. Like what? How, 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 what were? What was going on when you were still?
1: So when I stopped competing, I I was binge eating for about four six months consistently, like to the point where I was like wanted to get help at the end and i've rarely ever spoke about this to be be Mm. fair because it was normal to me back then but when Mm. you look at it now and it's like shit i had a problem Mm. a massive massive problem you know i would go and eat you know uh uh, pick a mix is my favorite food right i think i told you this before (laughs) you have the the big cups in the uk called candy king i used to have an extra large one of them every single day every night and i would just eat until i just felt sick so that was, I'm not just saying it was because I didn't have a goal, you know, dieting and getting to those extreme body fat levels mm-hmm. does crazy things to you, but I definitely think it just is such a massive come down. You've got all the plaudits of you're winning stuff and, and everyone's loving you and you're getting all this engagement on social media and like, and again, bear in mind, social media isn't like it is now. Everyone's mm-hmm. a bodybuilder. I was probably one of five bodybuilders I knew back mm-hmm. then, 2014. So, and you just like this, this lot of praise and attention and I wasn't used to that mm-hmm. and it's quite addictive. And when that goes and you haven't got a show to look forward to and now you're just kind of somebody who competed Mm -hmm. but you're not competing anymore, I think there's definitely a big come down off that just of an emptiness of thinking what's next. Mm -hmm. And when you've been dieting for six months, eight months, then obviously your attention turns to food and that's obviously you get that negative you know, association with dieting and training.
0: And I know right now you said your aesthetic goal is looking good for your wedding but you've also as well, you told me you're going to do a high rocks, you're going to do a run in. Like, how was it when you started adding performance aspects into your goals like because yeah. i remember when i was doing the ultra and yeah. the, you were like oh you're starting running i was like i'm running i remember like i remember like seeing some stuff was like you're struggling a bit with getting yeah. into running and they might not the size you don't know, doesn't complain but like how yeah how, how was that whole transition like how did you find getting used to that getting engaged in it getting in yourself Yeah. I
1: wish I'd done it a lot sooner okay. a lot sooner because again when I was competing the only cardio you do was was walking mm. and even though now I'm not competing or anything or anything like that again um, just the differences in the gym are just like insane mm-hmm. Like even if you just want to build muscle now just build your engine like at the same time it's mm-hmm. a game changer like rest between sets recovery I've trained every single day since I've been here for like nearly well for two two weeks now recovery is not a problem at all
0: what is an engine for the listeners
1: just building up your cardiovascular base, like to okay. a really, really good level. And that's obviously gonna look different based on where you're at, right? Like mm-hmm. I look at some people now and I'm like, you're absolute, you're, an, you're an animal. But when mm-hmm. I compare where I am now to the, in terms of my engine compared to where I was, it's, it's, it's totally different. So when I, it's funny you said that I, when you got into running, I did a 5K. Well, I tried to do a 5K. You know it in lockdown, people would say like couch yeah, to 5K yeah, yeah. and it looks so easy. So bought myself some running trainers. I was really excited, got all the gear, had no idea. <laughs> went for a run did one one kilometer got injured had shin splints and I was just a, I was just a wreck so it took me so long to build that up to do two half marathons and then uh, I didn't quite complete the marathon I did 18 mm. miles but and then obviously recently doing a high rocks as well it, it, it's just enjoyment as well like mm. I said before you need to get uncomfortable but there should be an element of your training you actually enjoy mm. so I think having a hybrid approach is is good for that
0: do you think? the environment that you were in with like the HPC and stuff that was a big aspect of it because like you've been always training in your yeah. garage gym and then now you're around other people that's normal
1: yeah i think yeah to some extent i think the industry's shifting that way yeah and i think it's shifting for the better as well yeah it's 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 so much better for, for your mental health for your body image it's so much better and even now just with like food flexibility you can eat more you know we talked a little bit about diet before but when you're in that bodybuilding mindset it's clean or nothing mm-hmm. right it's very very strict that then makes its way into relationships into your social life into your work that's not a healthy way to be or at least it wasn't mm-hmm. so I think just now even transitioning even if I want to get in shape for anything now then whether it's hybrid like a, a hybrid approach or a bodybuilding approach just kind of the lessons that I've learned from making that transition is giving me a lot of flexibility in other areas mm. so I think just a hybrid approach, and I don't just mean training, I mean just a hybrid approach almost to life in general, in fitness in mm-hmm. general. I think that's the way the industry's shifting more towards, and I think it's mm-hmm. for the better as well.
0: Yeah. And I want to ask you something. You mentioned earlier on that training, now that you've cut it back, it helps you show up better. And you hear that word, show up, or that's, yeah. uh, that phrase. And we've just spent like the week together, like um, hanging out and working and chatting and whatnot. And I've seen your lifestyle, and that lifestyle is probably a lot different than what you were when you were 20. You're yeah. waking up, you're creating uh, bits for your, your, your large client place, you're building a team, you're developing strategies, you're taking calls and things. So how, for the listener that's maybe a coach or that's maybe quite career driven, how does having good standards change how you show up? Like what's different, what do mm-hmm. you notice when your standards are subpar and when they're um, they're on point. Like, what's what's the shift in you showing up?
1: Everything. Like for me, fitness is a mindset. It's okay. it's it's a mindset. So whether you go for a walk in the morning or whether you train or whether you go for a run, mm-hmm. it's a mindset that completely changes your perspective of everything. Mm-hmm. So just to give you some context. If I don't train, even if I'm not training for anything, mm-hmm. it's a walk. I'll go walk on the treadmill. I'll go for a uh, a run. I'll just do anything. Just mm. to even the point of have being to the gym and just that mental benefit it has for me. And when you do look at a lot of entrepreneurs as well, or business owners, coaches, professionals, you know there's more to health than just eating high protein and going to the gym now and again. Like you have to have that away from not training, getting up, getting light exposure, you know, making sure you're hydrated, not mm-hmm. relying too much on caffeine. Like when you start training hard and you have fitness goals, all those small changes that I just mentioned, they also change as well. Mm-hmm. So the benefits are huge in terms of your productivity, your energy, and uh, when you've got high standards for yourself, Outside of business, you know, it's that saying, right? How you do one thing is how you do everything. Mm-hmm. That's not something I've really struggled with because I've all, all, always been in that. But I've mm. also dealt with plenty of coaches that think they're healthy because they train, think they're a picture of health, and they're really, really not.
0: Yeah. What, so, what common signs do you see where they think they're healthy but they're not? I think, you
1: know, when you're sat down all day and you're at your laptop typing away,
0: Yeah. but you're a coach and you think
1: that that's healthy, it's not. You have to get up moving. You have yeah. to... And, and more of a holistic approach to it as well. What are you eating? Mm-hmm. How's that making you feel? What are you mm-hmm. drinking? How's that making you feel? What are you listening to? What are you hearing? So mm-hmm. there, there's so many, there's so many uh, things that could change that could influence your productivity, your environment, your focus. Mm-hmm. But for me, it all just starts with having those higher standards for yourself. And when you have higher standards for yourself, you respect yourself more, right? So you respect what you put into your body. You respect what mm-hmm. you listen to. You respect... Um, your body more. Mm-hmm. You respect your mind.
0: Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I notice is... Because what, what what we're really trying... One of the biggest reasons why I wanted to get you on was to talk about the, you've had an aesthetic focus and now you've had a performance focus. Yes, you've still got to put the aesthetic in there. But it's like, how do we shift so that we can perform really well in all areas of life? And a thing that I see, like you're talking about there, is you see people that are maybe doing really well on work, maybe doing really well with their body and how it looks. But the missing gap is... The overall performance it's just what have you got planned f- for fun this week? Like, yeah. when you that is a missing ingredient, and that is health is like, wait, what fun is going on? And like you said, there's loads of coaches sitting on their laptop and, and they're getting their protein in and going to fucking doing their hack squats, yeah. but it's like, they're they are they are not healthy because they're basing all their day and I'm sure you've probably been there in the Body yeah. bun days where how your day the quality of your day is defined by how your abs look. Yeah. Or uh Literally. how or how many clients you signed up that day. Yeah. Like, yeah, talk to that person that's maybe like that that's in that situation where things are good, but there's It needs to be broadened out and more holistic.
1: And and that's the thing, that's why I brought that up, um, because you've got different areas of health, right? So, a lot of coaches' idea of health is, right, I train, Mm. I look good for Instagram, and that's health. Mm. That's not the kind of health that's going to make you thrive in business. Yeah. You know, it might from the outside on the front end, but it's not on the back end. Mm. When you think of what health actually is, you know, obviously you've got social life, for example, is a massive, massive part of it. And all of these things, all feed into each, to each other. So when you've got all of those areas, when obviously your relationships are in good, a good place, your social life's in a good place, when you've got balance in your life, your diet's on point mm. and your training's on point, when you get all of those things to a good place, that's where the magic happens. That's when it all comes together and that's where you're really, really going to thrive.
0: Mm. What part of that old, the world champion, Tom, what part, other than all the two hours of training, what part of that, Tom, did you need to change to be the high performer in all areas that you're know, that you are now like in regards to him how he approached things was mindset was towards things how what did you have to change to be that the person that you are today
1: i think it's hard to say because if i wasn't that person then i don't think i would be the person i am today either i suppose
0: know? probably better what did you have to mold like what did you have to slightly shift what did i have to shift i'd probably say
1: i'd probably say looking at things more gray rather than always okay. very rigid black and white Mm. You quickly realise away from fitness and even in fitness that that's, it's not that easy, especially in with coaches. Mm-hmm. It's very, very different, and I think probably just more adaptability. You know, if you don't do an exercise in this order or this set or this meal in this order, mm-hmm. you feel like your world's crumbling apart. And I think you have to be adaptable. So when you're following a training plan or a nutrition plan to make that really benefit your life, you need mm-hmm. that adaptability, uh, adaptability aspect of that. You need that flexibility. You need mm-hmm. that balance. So one, one thing that it did give me was an incredible work ethic. But in hindsight, looking back, you know, there were times from a social perspective where it, it just wasn't good. Yeah. Give you some context. Like I remember it was my second season and my last season of competing. And it was Freshers' Week, I was at university, right? And I was peeled, right? <laughs> you, you just saw veins. That's all you literally yeah, saw. I,
0: my first time, when I, I, was in, I remember going Freshers' Week. I went out yeah. six nights. So I did in a row and didn't drink because I wasn't yeah. doing a photo shoot. <laughs> well, yeah, I did. And I, remember I, I still went out okay no i went out but didn't yeah. drink and i was just like ah, okay, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah
1: did you drink yeah but, yeah okay <laughs> but, but this is where the extreme part of it comes in this yeah. is where the extreme okay part. so i was doing like straight shots of vodka just so i didn't <laughs> have to have anything and that's a that, you know that's that's serious right but that's the level that you'd go through so you wouldn't eat all day you'd save your calories and then yeah. you'd be doing vodka shots without any mixer <laughs> just just to get off it right And uh, (laughs) and that was just the extreme side of it. So from like social aspect Mm -hmm. of things and even having relationships and stuff at the time, obviously it wasn't counterproductive for that at all. So I think in hindsight, looking back, there was definitely a lot of things that I missed out on, Mm. probably a lot of memories that I do regret. But, you know, it it got my foot in the door to the industry that I love and the position I'm in today Mm -hmm. and also installed incredible work ethic in me, which unfortunately in this day and age, not a lot of people have. Mm. you know that's lacking in society right now is that work ethic and that taking responsibility and what that did give me was incredible self-accountability whereas Mm. if i didn't turn up in the shape i wanted to be in if i had a bad workout that wasn't my coach's fault or wasn't anybody else's fault it was my fault so it gave me a lot of ownership Mm. and that's what getting in great shape gives you
0: Mm. Uh, i want to shift slightly just as we finish more to the business owner aspect, okay? Because, like, to give context, we probably didn't say it at the start, it was like, Tom's now a, a business mentor for coaches and doing an incredible job and has a, a global business. What, a lot of the guys listening to this are up and coming. What I mean by up and coming is that they're not running, or they're not CEOs of organizations of 100 uh, employees and things, or 100, 200 clients, so if it's a coach, listen to this. Yeah. What, how, what was the moment where you were like, right, I'm going to make this big leap and I'm going to now shift to being a very successful business owner. What was like, where, where was it that you suppose had to like take your career very seriously? Was there a moment? Was it a natural transition? What was going for your mind? Because a lot of the listeners on this will be in that sort of phase where they're really either on pursuit or going to start taking their career to a new level for their life. I think you just,
1: it, for me anyway, it, was, it came to a point where I just knew I was capable of so much more. And the way I see things, especially now, 2023, the opportunities that you have to build a business is insane. We've never lived in a generation, you know, never lived mm. in a generation like this, right? So for me, it was very much, I could be doing better. And for me not to do that, what else am I going to do? Like I've got an opportunity here to better my life and, to, you know, to, to get things that I want to get, to build more security for my future family. You know the word "why" obviously gets thrown thrown around a lot, but I think for a lot of people, they need to get very clear on what that "why" is, and if they've lost it a little bit, you know, realign that, Mm. get back in into tune with that, because that's certainly something that just kind of made me make the jump. You know, I I didn't want to be the guy that's in my town, small town, twenty years from now. You know, that didn't leave that. Mm. I thought there's an opportunity for me here to make something of myself. Why not take the opportunity?
0: how did you realize you have more potential? Like what was, how did you
1: know that I, I, I can do more? <laughs> I don't know. It, it, it's a good question. It's a good question, but I think you just know deep down and I think a lot of people listening to this will will know they've got more, but they're not taking action to be where they want to be, right? And that's yeah. the difference between people that are successful and not. Everybody knows they're capable of a little bit more. Rarely are you ever going to find someone that can say they're doing absolutely everything with 110% of their efforts and living up their potential. Rarely are you going to see that. Yeah. But I think for a lot of people, like I said, they just need to keep really honing on what that why is and what's going to get them out of bed in the morning and what's going to get them to take action because that's something that's never left me. And I always kind of change that, right, over the years. My why always, you know, it, it changes. Your mm-hmm. values and everything changes, but I think that's a big problem for a lot of coaches that they're living a life that maybe somebody else has on social media and another coach has, maybe they've got 100 clients, 200 clients, and they're just starting off and they are living, they're not living what they actually want to do. Yeah. Right? So I think get really, really clear on what is it that you want out of life. Mm-hmm. And I think when you realize that you are not fulfilling your potential mm-hmm. and you're not where you want to be, if that why is big enough, I think that's going to trigger a lot of people into taking extreme action.
0: You know that I can ask hard questions. And yeah. uh, one of the questions I just ask the people all the time, are you thriving? And that, uh, the reason yeah. why I love that question is because it's a state that you're in right now. Mm -hmm. And I ask them, are you thriving personally, physically, mentally, and you even know it or you don't. And Mm -hmm. that's like, if you know you're thriving, you are thriving, you can feel it, you know that you're on it, you're on a peak. And I think it's a great performance question for people. And it's just to ask yourself, right, are you thriving right now? And if not, why not? And then we go into it because the thing is, is like, it can be so contextual, like pushing your career, pushing the next level in your business, but that thriving, it's a state. Mm -hmm. So it is. So yeah. I suppose for you, like when you made that jump and you knew there was more, for the listeners to help them, there's two things that I like to look at. If someone is career driven or a coach that wants to progress, two things I know that will push them to the next level without getting into all the weeds is their ability to think and their ability to produce more more output. Yeah. How do, how have you done that? How have you like thought think better your way through problems and analyze situations and how have you ramped up your output
1: i think just over time experience says a lot over time i definitely think that i think i speak to coaches all the time that may be going through a problem right now or they're a little bit stuck and yes you've got tactics you've got strategies you've got mindset shifts but i think a big part of it is just repetition it's just experience the more you do things like i tell a lot of my clients if you're feeling overwhelmed or something right now if you're not thriving if you are a little bit stuck this small problem that you've currently got, give yourself six months, twelve months. Always play the long game. It's not going to be as big, mm. you know. So I certainly think a lot of it has come from experience over the years. But definitely, I'd say in the last kind of twelve months or so, just being a lot more of a analytical thinker, stopping, thinking, not acting more from a place of scarcity, and definitely more from abundance. Mm. I think you, that's played a massive. How, role have of that?
0: how have you shifted from scarcity to abundance? Mm.
1: Not an easy answer, really. I haven't necessarily got a strategy for this, but just more belief in myself. Yeah. You know, when you've got that belief in yourself, that unshakable confidence that, you know, that you, you do think from abundance, because you know that when that client maybe leaves, another yeah. client's going to come through the door. Or when you know that maybe you didn't have a good workout, like, you know, mm. that's not always going to be the case, and you're going to have more great workouts, so you don't hit that way. So I think it's just having that belief in yourself.
0: So would you say in that moment, you remind yourself of what good things are coming?
1: Yeah, I think positive affirmations, obviously I think are massive. I think a lot of people, if you've got a client or anybody watching mm-hmm. this now who's had a little bit of success in the past, it's easy to look at what's going wrong right now, right? And that mm-hmm. then you start operating with that kind of mindset, that scarcity mindset. But I think when you look at all the good that you've done before, and even the fact that you've started your fitness journey or you have started your business is, is massively positive, And that's a big, big win. So I think a lot of people focus too much on what they can't do or they're not doing good enough and they forget all that great stuff they have done. Yeah. So I think just reflect on that and that gives you a lot of confidence and belief.
0: What I love about this is we've just discussed this with Mike. So oh, Mike right. was saying about one of the things that helped him was I was like, mate, you've done X, Y, and Z. Yeah. So it's like getting your evidence in your favor of all the things that you've done. And yes, if something's bigger and more challenging, it's like, well, I've overcame everything to date and I'm still in the fight. <laughs> so yeah. I'm still winning. I'm I still say it. progressing. I say,
1: it. I, I say it all the time to, to coaches if they're doing sales calls. And they, could up, they go five calls, right? Mm. They don't close four. That last call, they're thinking they're going to they're gonna quit their business, right? They're going <laughs> to leave the industry. They've had a meltdown. But then they close that last call and they're thriving again. They're buzzing. Yeah. So yeah. the only thing that's changed is one single thing. But some people are ready to, to throw everything away because of kind of one failure there. Yeah. When it can literally take one good workout, one good week on your diet, one great week of business to change your whole perspective of things. Yeah. So it really just is your, perp- your perspective on everything. And like you said there, when your conversation with Mike, it's uh, collect those receipts. Yeah. What can you reflect back and look at all the great work that you've done? Receipts. That's going to build confidence.
0: I love that. Yeah. Now, if you were like working beside Tom a year ago or two years ago, three years ago, you'd smoke him for output. Yeah. How, what 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 are your ingredients to having a high level of output in business?
1: I would say, again, Why? Having a clear mm. why, I think that's really really important, and also not being too rigid on that. That's going to adapt as you age, as you experience different things. That's going to change.
0: What about if someone's just transactional with their career or their coaching? Like it is just a uh, just a right hobby on the table, type of thing. Yeah.
1: Um. So how I'd get into flow and, and stay and be productive yeah, and with just things? Do
0: more, yeah. Produce yeah. more.
1: Well, like I said before, I think fitness is a mindset. I think that's really really important. I think mm. if you if I took, took myself out of the gym for a whole week, uh, or I ate crap for a whole week, then that would definitely that would definitely definitely show. I think you also need to look at things away from, no matter how small the business is, I think you need to really have a look at your personal life as well. I think okay. happy home, happy business, I think that's so, so important. Mm. Um, and then I think just environment's key as well. You, know, you mm. need to be surrounding yourself with people that, are thinking bigger on the same journey. And I don't mean personal yeah. trainer who's in 10-pound sessions in your local area, right? Like yeah. people that are playing a bigger game, yeah. I think that's really going to let you raise your standards. So I think environment is so key to where you work, to what you listen to, to who you're around, all of that thing outclasses environment. Mm. When like you even put,
0: when you come in Dubai and you see yeah. the skyscrapers, like, 100%. whoa, like yeah. it doesn't even need to be something in your field, it can just be bigger and better.
1: Yeah, you, yeah. you raise your game, you have to play a bigger game. If you want to play a bigger game, you have to put yourself in an environment where you're going to be seeing listening, hearing, hearing and learning mm. from that.
0: Love that. So last question, Tom. Yep. If you did achieve everything that you've achieved in the last 10 years or so in half the amount of time, how would you do it? How would you be the high performer that you are now across the board?
1: Just get help sooner. Mm. Sometimes it's not rocket science. Where do you want to be? Go and work with somebody who's done what you want to do and is going to teach you to get there. If you've got the right, right work ethic, if you've got the right why for doing it, mm. that's it's a cheat code for success, right? It's a cheat code.
0: What about if we took support system out of the equation? Or what would you do? Act differently, or think differently, or if you did? R- you've got all the insights, yes. and you can just go again. I just go again just because the reason why i say that yeah. is most people get a coach that's very common coach. but it's yeah. not a tom's answer it it's like not a, like i want to know what tom would do differently sounds like
1: you slipped me a 20 <laughs> quid there yeah i think i think doing that deep work in yourself i think is really important okay really really important because i would say it was only probably up until a couple of years ago i wasn't 100 percent sure on who i was mm. and i think that massively impacted me with business it like it held me back i wouldn't do things or say certain things and at the time, you don't think it. You just know you're not kind of where you want to be. Mm. But I think so many coaches that I work with, they are some deeper work away from just like unleashing all of this potential that they never knew that they had, addressing mm. some issues that they might have with their confidence or their self-belief. And I think that's so, so important. So I think in hindsight, I probably would have addressed that side of me, the mindset element of things a lot sooner. And I think if I'd have done that, I probably would have acted a lot quicker.
0: Mm. But, I love that. I yeah. love that. So I do. Tom, it's been a pleasure, mate. You're Where welcome. can the guys find out more about you, more about what you do, more about your journey? Yeah.
1: Um, so Instagram is usually the best place to catch me. This is just uh, Tomak underscore scale mentoring, scalementoring.co.uk, um, or an email, Facebook, everywhere. But anyway, you type in scale.
0: And if a coach has listened to this, how, like, what is it exactly that scale mentoring does? Just give yeah. a little bit of a, a, an insight.
1: Yeah. So scale mentoring is. A little bit different to a lot of masterminds out there right now Mm -hmm. where they are group leveraged. Uh, This is one-to-one and it's customizable, right? So it's not a Mm one-size-fits-all. We have different strategies. We have different tactics, but it's very much done on a person-by-person basis. So that's where we are different to other people within the industry. The fact that it is so customized, it is so tailored, it is so one-to-one. And when we're talking about scale, it's not just for coaches that want to scale their income. You know, We have a 360 approach to things. It's scale your freedom, your fulfillment, and your income. And we just believe in there's so many coaches out there that are playing small right now. And you don't have to be earning £10,000 a month and get to £20,000. You could have one, £2,000 right now from your coaching business, but some coaches just aren't playing a big enough game. And we want to get those coaches to play a big enough game with our support, our accountability, and our strategies to scale their freedom, income, and their fulfillment for a better life. Because online coaching gave me so much. Mm. And in all honesty, what I've just built is something that I wanted when I first got into the industry. Mm. And I just want to give that to more people. So I want more people to have the life that I have and what I'm building. So that's what we focus on inside of Scale.
0: Love that. And guys, I've been with Tom the last week and he is heavily immersed in everything. And you can just, you can see the passion and the care and the just desire that he wants his clients to really just go to a whole new level. So get in touch with him and yeah. If you can, let us know what you took away. Uh, Message me, message Tom if there's anything that you want to follow up on. If you can as well, it would be absolutely incredible if you shared on your stories and things or you shared on your socials. Help us get the word out there. And thank you for listening, guys.